You're listening to the Kirk and Tillich Herald, a Cune Review recording service podcast, brought to you by our team of volunteers currently recording from their homes across Scotland. Whether you're listening via the BWBF online players, the telephone app, or our brand new Alexa skill, please phone us on 0141 772 3976 to feedback on what you want us to provide and improve upon. Please also join your family and friends in being our audio ambassadors and share our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram all at QNReview. That's at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. The Kirk and Tillich and Bishop Briggs Herald, as published on Wednesday the 10th of August 2022. Drunk driver fled scene. A woman holding a one-year-old child was badly hurt in crash caused by motorist unfit to drive. A woman holding a 15-month-old child was badly hurt in a crash caused by a drunk driver who fled the scene. Nathan Leggett's car reversed into another vehicle that mounted the pavement in Station Road, Steps. He admitted to a passerby that he had been drinking and then ran away. Leggett 21 of Tillycairn Drive, Glasgow, appears at Airdrie Sheriff Court this week. He admitted driving dangerously while unfit through drink or drugs on May the 30th last year. Leggett also admitted failing to stop after the crash. The court heard it happened at around 8.15pm after Leggett, who was driving his dad's car, stopped at traffic lights. He then reversed suddenly at speed, hitting another car, and causing it to mount the pavement and strike a third vehicle. The third car was shunted forward, hitting Caroline Laurie as she stood with the child. She was trapped between the cars that hit her and a fourth vehicle. Kevin Morrow, prosecuting, said Ms Laurie suffered severe pain in her hip and was taken to hospital where a fracture was diagnosed. The child was unhurt. Mr Morrow added, Leggett was taken from the car by a passerby who smelled alcohol from him. Leggett was asked if he had been drinking and replied, aye. He then crossed Cumbernauld Road before running off. He was arrested in Glasgow after midnight. Defence agent Nicky Matteo said Leggett wished to offer sincere and heartfelt apologies to the victim. The solicitor stated he was, obviously, inebriated. Breaking seems to have muddled his mind. He accelerated, not realising he was in reverse instead of first or second gear. He then went into panic mode and put his foot further down on the accelerator, causing the vehicle to reverse further. Mr Matteo said Leggett has had difficulties, but has sorted himself out. He has a job and is about to become a parent. Sheriff Joseph Hughes noted background reports on Leggett and a letter from his mother were positive. The sheriff told him, Your mother says that in the past you have made awful mistakes and bad decisions, but she's of the view that you have turned the corner. Leggett was placed under supervision for two years and ordered to do 210 hours of unpaid community work. He was banned from driving for four years and must pay Ms Laurie £1,500 compensation. Leggett will also be prevented from leaving home at night for six months under an electronic tagging order. Meanwhile, police were called out to a street in Lindsay on the afternoon of Wednesday, August 3rd, after reports of an injured man. 
emergency services attended, and an area of Gallahill Road at a shop was cordoned off by officers. A Police Scotland spokesperson said, Around 3pm on Wednesday, August the 3rd, police received a report of a man being assaulted on Gallahill Road in Lindsay. Officers have confirmed two men, aged 27 and 37, have been arrested and charged. This Week in History, read by me, Ian. August 10th, 1954, Sir Gordon Richards, champion English jockey, retired after 4,869 wins. On this day last year, six farmers received their A-level results, which were determined by teachers after exams were cancelled. GCSE results followed two days later. August 11, 1975, the government took ownership of British Leyland, the only major British-owned car company. August 12, 1960, communications satellite Echo was launched from Cape Canaveral. August 13, 1961, East German border guards stopped cars passing to the east through the Brandenburg Gate, thus sealing the border and preventing an exodus to the west. Barbed wire was erected, later to be replaced by the Berlin Wall. On this day last year, the Crown star Amy Corrin said, Visibility is key as they discussed coming out as queer. August 14th, 1948, Don Bradman played his last innings at the Oval. After a standing ovation, he was bold. High notes for young musician. A talented young Kirkintilic musician has been taking part in one of Scotland's biggest brass band events. Max Wardrope from Kirkintilic Youth Band is among 150 like-minded instrumentalists who descended last week on the small Perthshire village of Forgandenny to take part in the National Brass Band of Scotland, NYBBS, residential summer course. The event at Strathallan School featured players aged from age 9 to 22 split into three bands, children's, reserve and senior. For the brass and percussion and percussion players attending NYBBS 2022, from such diverse locations as Shetland and Stranraer. The emphasis will be on having fun as well as enjoying the full learning experience. Sectional practice sessions, master classes and full band rehearsals provided the opportunity for some serious music making for the students. There was fun too with outdoor activities including swimming, rounders, treasure hunts, movie nights, football, NYBBS has got talent and a silent disco. The NYBBS Summer Course is supported by funding from Creative Scotland through its Youth Music Initiative. An open day took place last week for young brass players who may be considering joining NYBBS. The event enabled potential candidates to spend time with fellow musicians of a similar age as well as being guided by first-class musical directors and tutors. The day was particularly beneficial to any young person who is considering joining the NYBBS bands said Scottish Brass Band Association, SBBA, Education Officer John Boicks. The open day was completely free of charge and we encourage people to share this with anyone they thought would enjoy this opportunity. The fruits of the NYBBS players' hard work showcased at two end-of-course concerts at the Albert Halls in Stirling on Saturday. Course coordinator and SBBA president Carrie Boicks added, it's a real honour and privilege to know our musical directors, tutors and pastoral staff 
will have made a small but positive difference to the musical journey of every youngster that attended and helped make them memories and friendships to last a lifetime. Read by Alan Todd. Funds to install home heat as recorded by Hunter McDonald. Eastern Bartonshire Council has partnered with energy supplier EON and Scottish Power Energy Networks on a 1.09 million project exploring the decarbonisation of home heating. The Scottish Government have provided funding to the Council to allow eligible homeowners to have air source heat pumps and new thermal battery and technology installed. The funding will allow 50 off-gas homes to take part, with the successful applicants getting a major home upgrade provided they contribute up to £3,000 towards it, a heavily discounted rate of around 85%. EON will deliver the project. Residents can get information about the project, including how to apply as well as advice on how to reduce energy bills at an event hosted by EON on Thursday, 18th of August at Kirkintilloch Leisure Centre. Two sessions are available from 1pm to 3pm and 5pm to 7pm. Residents can pre-book a slot with one of the experts by calling EON on 033 202 4877 by visiting www.eonenergy.com/home-heating/reheat forward slash or by simply dropping in on the day. Home Energy Scotland can offer loans to help pay for energy efficiency, home improvements, and will also attend. Councillor Paul Ferretti, convener of Place, Neighbourhood and Corporate Assets, said. We are one of three local authorities in Scotland taking part in this pilot which aims to help cut emissions and costs across homes and local communities. Please go along to find out more. Council meetings to go hybrid. Eastern Bartonshire Council is to introduce a hybrid meeting system, offering members and others greater freedom over whether to attend meetings in person or virtually via the internet. The pandemic highlighted the need for decisions to be made without always having councillors in the same room, and so far conference calling has been used for this purpose. Hybridisation allows more individual choice, while also supporting homeworking and making it possible to attend meetings when this may otherwise not have been possible. The system was formally agreed during a special meeting of the full council and is due to go live this month. Forces to fight stigma a national mental health programme is calling on eight service personnel in Eastern Bartonshire to be part of a new Scotland-wide campaign to end discrimination in the veterans community. See Me, Scotland's programme, is exploring how mental health stigma affects armed forces veterans and there are opportunities for local veterans to be part of the work. The campaign, part of a wider Scottish Government project around veterans' mental health, seeks to encourage veterans from all branches of the forces to speak up and ask for help when struggling. See Me is looking for veterans, their families and friends to help shape the campaign. While armed forces veterans aren't, much, aren't more likely to struggle with their mental health than the general population, veterans take more than 10 years to ask for help.
not knowing what is happening to them and thinking they may appear weak if they are struggling are two of the biggest barriers that veterans face when it comes to seeking support with their mental health, says the CME Scotland. CME's Communications and Public Affairs Manager, Nick Yedrajinjewski, said, Too many veterans are struggling alone with their mental health, unable to ask for help. Unfortunately, this can lead to a point of crisis for too many. Russia slaps ban on MSP. West Scotland Green MSP Ross Greer, who lives in eastern Bartonshire, has been sanctioned by the Russian government in response to his support for the people of Ukraine. The local MSP, along with Scottish Greens, Greens co-leader Lorna Slater, are among 250 politicians, journalists and public figures to have been banned from entering Russia. Mr Greer said, Watching the bravery of the Ukrainian people in recent months really has been absolutely inspiring. If the cost of speaking up for the rights of Ukraine and condemning Putin's war is a ban from visiting Russia for as long as Putin is in power, then I'm sure I'll be able to cope. The Scottish Greens are proud to stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine, including those seeking sanctuary here. We will continue to do so for as long as they need our help in the face of Russia's murderous attacks. Others banned include Sir Keir Starmer, David Cameron and Piers Morgan. Meanwhile, details of the meeting to decide the leadership of North Lanarkshire Council have been decided. The meeting will take place on Thursday, August 11th from 4pm. Necessitated by the resignation of previous leader, Councillor Jordan Linden, the meeting will see the SNP administration attempt to appoint its new leader, Tracy Carragher, as his replacement. But the opposing Labour group has already determined to contest this and call for a motion of no confidence in the SNP group. Labour Group Leader Councillor Jim Logue said, Since the election in May, the SNP have provided over three months of a complete absence of political leadership, with no committee meetings or any articulation of any policies or developments. The political makeup of the council is volatile, as last May's elections returned 36 SNP councillors and 32 Labour representatives, alongside five Conservatives, two Independents, a Green and a British Unionist. The leadership position was vacated after Councillor Linden resigned amidst allegations of sexual misconduct at a party which took place in 2019. Grant aid on offer for groups. Ash Scotland Charity is inviting community groups and small charities in Eastern Bartonshire to play a vital role in helping local residents to address harms caused by smoking. Groups can apply for a package of tailored support to improve mental, physical and financial well-being. As part of its initiative encouraging support for Scotland's Charter for a tobacco-free generation by 2034, the health charity is offering community groups a grant of £500 to cover salary, travel or material costs associated with engaging people in their community about the harms caused by tobacco. Successful applicants will have access to free expert advice, training and resources to increase their staff and volunteers' knowledge of smoking issues and assistance to create an action plan to deliver their charter pledges. For more details and to apply by the August 29th deadline, visit www.hashscotland.org.uk forward smash small grants or email inquiries at 
ashscotland.org.uk. New junior doctors set for hospital wards. Hundreds of new junior doctors are set to take to the wards across NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde this week. Some 489 newly qualified doctors are embarking on the next chapter of their medical careers. The first year foundation doctors are taking part in organisational, departmental and online inductions before embarking on their rotations across hospital departments to learn all aspects of their job. Dr Joe Kirkpatrick is looking forward to working on the wards and helping patients. Dr Kirkpatrick, who studied at the University of Edinburgh, says he's interested in paediatric, psychiatry and general practice specialities, and is looking forward to feeling more confident as a doctor and helping to make effective decisions. His colleague Dr Joseph Jameson is a new junior doctor currently shadowing on a respiratory ward and studied at the University of Bristol. Dr Jameson is hoping to specialise in psychiatry and cannot wait to overcome first day fears and get stuck in on the wards to provide the very best in patient-centred care. They are both going to be based at the Glasgow Royal Infirmary in the general medicine wards for their first rotation. After completing medical school, junior doctors have to complete a two-year foundation programme in both hospitals and primary care, where they experience multiple areas of practice. After these two years, they will decide their next steps as a doctor. Dr Lindsay Donaldson, Director of Medical Education at NHS GGC, added, quote, I'm delighted to welcome our newly qualified doctors to the NHS GGC family. I know how hard they have worked to get to this stage, not least when their studies were impacted by the pandemic. That experience will hold them in good stead as they continue their training and start working on the wards. They are the future of the NHS and a critical part of our teams providing safe care and treatment of our patients. They can be rightly proud of everything they've achieved." End quote. Dr Jennifer Armstrong, Medical Director at NHS GGC, said, quote, Every new doctor has a key role in shaping our recovery post-pandemic. They are the next generation of highly skilled medical professionals providing the best in patient-centred care. End quote. Join our beach clean. Research is vital to help coastline. Report by Julie Curry. The Marine Conservation Society's annual Great British Beach Clean is back, running from September the 16th to 25th. And the charity is calling for volunteers across Scotland to join them at the coast for a week of beach cleaning and litter surveying. The Great British Beach Clean is more than just a clean-up. Every year, volunteers make a note of litter they collect sharing the data with society's experts. That data is collected to, to campaign for carrier bag charges, single-use plastic bags and, due to start in August 2023, Scotland's deposit return scheme for bottles and cans. Last year, volunteers in Scotland collected over two tonnes of litter, with an average of 3.46 items recorded for every metre of beach sur- surveyed across Scotland. Some 70% of all litter collected from beaches surveyed in Scotland last year was made from plastic and polystyrene. Catherine Gemmell, the Society Scotland Conservation Officer, said, We need to stop plastic entering our ocean at source by fairly transitioning to a circular economy where nothing is wasted 
and we move to a society of reuse, repair and refill. The Scottish Government is consulting right now on a circular economy bill and the data our collectors collect is vital evidence used to call for swift and ambitious action. Our volunteers have helped people provide vital evidence to ban single-use plastic items like cutlery and cotton bud sticks. With 25 wet wipes found on average per 100 metres of surveyed Scottish beach during the 2021 beach clean, our data is also currently being used to call for a ban on single-use plastic wet wipes. We need government to be faster at turning off the single-use tap, still pouring into Scottish seas. From production to disposal, plastic has a direct impact on the ocean's capacity to combat the climate crisis. Manufacturing plastic contributes to greenhouse gas emissions. Most plastic is produced using fossil fuels, meaning more plastic production results in increasing carbon emissions. Plastic is also entering the food chain, from tiny phytoplankton to ocean giants like whales. Dr Laura Foster, the Society's Head of Clean Seas, said, Pollution, whether it's big, small or even invisible, is having a huge negative impact on our ocean and all those who rely on it, including us. Tiny microplastics are being eaten by plankton, at the very foundation of the ocean ecosystems. Animals big and small are being tangled in plastic packaging, turtles are mistaking it for food, and chemical pollution is changing the ocean's chemistry. All of this is an alarming picture of the state of our seas, but to each and every volunteer who joins the Great British Beach Clean helps us research the scale of the pollution. This research is vital to stop pollution at source, and we know it works. Cleaner beaches will support a healthy ocean and planet. Sign up for the Beach Clean via www.mcsuk.org slash Great British Beach Clean. Charity's Mission The Marine Conservation Society campaigns for clean seas and beaches, sustainable fisheries and protection of marine life. Through education, community involvement and collaboration, the charity raises awareness of the many threats that face our seas and promotes individual, industry and government action to help to protect them. The Society provides information and guidance on many aspects of marine conservation and produces the Good Fish Guide, as well as involving thousands of volunteers in projects and surveys such as Beachwatch. It has also run a dedicated Scotland programme from its Edinburgh office since April 2000. Advice is energy bills set to soar even higher. Regulator Ofgem has announced that the energy price cap will be updated quarterly rather than every six months, warning that customers face a very challenging winter ahead. The changes are designed so that any fall in wholesale prices is passed on in full to customers and more quickly. However, it also means that consumers are less shielded from rising prices in the short term. And this is a huge concern to organisations already working to help people who are struggling. Scotland's National Advice Service, Advice Direct Scotland, runs through runs the Energy Advice Scott Services with free, impartial and practical advice on energy bills for anyone in Scotland. Connor Forbes, the Services Director of Policy, said, The impact of this change will be watched with interest, but what is beyond doubt is that there are some incredibly challenging months ahead for households. Unfortunately, bills are going to soar in October just as winter arrives, 
and we can expect further rises in January. The key advice to everyone in Scotland is not to struggle alone. Our experts at energyadvice.scot are available to provide free advice on the support and assistance available, such as grants. We can also ensure that Scots are claiming all the benefits they are entitled to by using our free checker tool at www.advice.scot. Brian Sloan, Age Scotland Chief Executive, said, Today's announcements of a quarterly price cap means customers could face another energy price hike on New Year's Day and plunge hundreds of thousands of older people into poverty. To do this during the coldest time of the year and after a tough autumn of higher prices is a cruel move and will pose a significant health risk to many vulnerable older households across Scotland. With the cost of energy and food already spiralling out of control and one in three older households in Scotland already living in fuel poverty and many more just on the cusp, we are urging Ofgem to rethink their decision and for governments to consider how those in the lowest incomes can be protected. We can't afford to wait for the worst effects to be felt and the devastating impact this decision would have on older people. Second highest recorded figure for drug deaths. There were 1,330 drug deaths in Scotland in 2021, the second highest number ever recorded, according to the latest National Records of Scotland figures. It is just 1% lower than the number of deaths recorded in 2020 at 1,339. It is the first year since 2013 in which drug misuse deaths have not increased, but it was still the second highest annual total on record. Of those who died, 65% were aged between 35 and 54 years old, and more than two-thirds, 70%, were men. Dundee City had the highest age-standardised drug misuse death rate of all local authority areas, 45.2 per 100,000 population for the five-year period 2017 to 2021, followed by Glasgow City, 44.4, and Inverclyde, 35.7. Julie Ramsey, NRS Vital Events Statistician, said, Drug misuse deaths have increased substantially over the past few decades. There were more than five times as many deaths in 2021 compared with 1996. In 2021, after adjusting for age, people in the most deprived areas were more than 15 times as likely to have a drug misuse death as those in the least deprived areas. This ratio has widened over the past two decades. In 93% of all drug misuse deaths, more than one drug was found to be present in the body and the type of drugs implicated has been changing too. In 2015, there were 191 deaths involving benzodiazepines. Last year, there were 918, nearly five times as many. This increase has mostly been driven by street benzodiazepines rather than those which are prescribed. Of all drug misuse deaths in 2021, 84% involved opiates or opioids such as heroin, morphine and methadone, and 69% involved benzodiazepines such as diazepam. David Liddell, CEO of Scottish Drugs Forum, said, These statistics are a record of personal, community and national loss. In the course of just 12 months, 1,330 people have lost their lives, their families left to mourn and their communities to suffer. The tragedy is that each of these preventable deaths represents a systemic failure in prevention. It is important to see them in the context of poverty and in the failure of our education, care, criminal justice, housing and welfare systems 
to make effective early interventions. Brew up with Liddles. Liddle has teamed up with TV weatherman Sean Batty to encourage Scots to brew up a storm and special packs of tea and biscuits in an effort to raise £20,000 for Scottish children's charities. Sean is encouraging Scots to join him in popping the kettle on this summer to show support for the drive. Packs of Knightsbridge Scottish Blend Tea and McAllister's Luxury Butterscotch Crunch and Dark Chocolate Orange Biscuits will be on sale at Little Stores in Scotland between 28th of July and 22nd of September with 10 pence per pack donated to STV Children's Appeal. Funds raised will go to grassroots charities and community organisations that support some of Scotland's most vulnerable children and young people. Sean said, Together we can brew up a storm for good causes to brighten the days of children and young people across Scotland. Opinion Let's talk. This week's Kirk and Telecom Bishop Briggs Herald's letters page. If you have any letters, please send them to kirkyherald at jnscotland.co.uk Return of the lights, I will believe it when I see it. Sir, I would like to reply to the letter in last week's Herald about the lights getting put back at the junction on Kirkintillis Main Street. I will believe it when I see it, as I don't trust this council to do what they say, but I do hope it happens. Yours etc, Betty, by email. Big benefit of planters at Square. Sir, I really like the new layout at Sainsbury Square. I'm a pensioner who has disabilities. However, I still like to walk for my shopping and the new planters are a big benefit to me and others. I can get a rest in the benches there and enjoy the flowers and chat with other folk. Well done to all those who made it happen. Thank you. Yours etc. Jim Gilray, Hillhead. Throwing the book at them. Sir, the administration at present currently running Scotland has reached the nadir of churlishness. The mean-spirited unpleasantness revealed in the criticism and eventual stopping of the children's book plan to be given to all UK children as a souvenir of the Queen's 60th year on the throne was beyond the pale. May I say I am lukewarm in the monarchy in principle and have no axe to grind. Ironically, the complaints were as childish as could be expected from the primary school children at which they were aimed. In fact, they were pathetic and complained, for example, about the wording used to describe the death of the Queen Mother, a mention of England winning the World Cup in 1966. They were trivial beyond belief, and every nationalist shibboleth was covered. I find the whole episode depressing in the extreme. What are they doing to us? Reducing an ancient and proud country like Scotland to a group of second-rate, ranting, unbalanced, paranoid nationalists? These people do not have the intellect, vision, broad-mindedness or wherewithal to run a village administration, let alone a country. Yours etc. Alexander Mackay, Address Supplied. First no gas, and then no electricity? Sir, soon new build houses are to be constructed without any gas supplies, which obviously means that they'll heat them, they require much more electricity. Our major electricity suppliers predict they should have enough power to meet our needs for the coming winter, but that, if necessary, they can bring in further power supplies from Norway and the continent. 
While that statement might have been true prior to Russia's, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Germany, France and much of the continent are slowly being deprived of Russian gas via the Gazprom company. By midwinter, it may be that no Russian gas will reach people's homes on the continent. That is why, at the moment, many families feel they are quietly buying up electric fires and electric radiators as if there was no tomorrow. The end result might be that so much electricity is required to replace gas in the continent that there might be no surplus power to export to the UK via the existing cables. We wait anxiously to see if the lack of Russian gas to the continent will affect the electricity supply to our homes this winter. Yours etc. Archibald A. Lowry by email. What's best for country? Sir, it seems the choice in the Tory leadership campaign is between a message designed to appeal to the personal interest of the immediate electorate and one which has the needs and votes of the wider electorate and a general election in mind. The former is Liz Truss's promise to scrap the national insurance rise, cut taxes and minimise targeted financial help, funded by borrowing and hope for growth, fueling an inflationary spending boom. Rishi Sunak has realised none of the above will help the people who will be most affected by the cost of living crisis because they don't pay much tax or NI and the borrowing to pay for trustees' lower taxes will force up interest rates and the value of the pound, which will make our exports more expensive. I just hope enough party members think beyond their own pockets and vote for what's best for the country and their party's fortunes in the next general election. Yours etc. Alan Sutherland Address Supply Reader's Charter This newspaper is built in a tradition of accuracy and fairness, giving you the information you need to understand our world, holding power to account and exposing injustice. Our trusted brand means we're the only place where you can read and participate in honest debates. We are committed to giving a voice to those who struggle to be heard as well as those whose profession is crafting an argument. Our Reader's Charter spells out our commitment to you. You can read the charter online at kirkyherald at jnscotland.co.uk Crime cost £2.6 million in rural communities. Report by Julie Curry. Following a drop in rural crime at the start of the pandemic, last year saw a steep rise in the cost of rural theft in Scotland. Based on claims reported to Scotland's main insurer over the countryside, rural theft cost an estimated £2.6 million in 2021, up 52% from 2020. According to NFU Mutual's latest rural crime report, criminals who played Scotland's farms, stealing quad bikes and high-value machinery, contributed to the sharp rise. As shipping delays and the effects of Covid and Brexit contributed to low supply and a rising demand, thieves turned their sights on these easily portable, hot-ticket items. Fortunately, efforts by Police Scotland and Cross-Border Police working, along with the expansion of the Scottish Partnership Against Rural Crime, SPARC, has helped curb the crime wave, with criminals apprehended and stolen machinery recovered. Over the past four years, NFU Mutual has invested over £240,000 to support the Scottish Partnership Against Rural Crime, SPARC, and in 2021 provided a 4x4 vehicle to help rural crime officers in remote locations, along with hundreds of forensic property marking kits. 
Initial claims, indications for the first quarter of 2022, have shown encouraging signs that the value of rural theft in Scotland dropped again at the start of this year. However, with the cost of living crisis and criminals becoming more active, NFU Mutual is urging rural com- communities not to be complacent. Mark McBrearty, NFU Mutual Scotland manager, said, With prices of essential farm equipment such as tractors and quads rising fast and the cost of diesel soaring over the past year, there's little doubt that criminals will be trying to steal from farms. We also know that essentials of rural living, like heating oil tanks, will only become more attractive to thieves as costs rise. We're advising rural people to review their security to help prevent crime. The good news is that the work of the Scottish Partnership Against Rural Crime operates across the whole of Scotland and has a clear strategy to tackle rural crime through visible policing, sharing intelligence and advice, involving farmers and the wider community. Constable Lynn Black of the Police Scotland National Rural and Acquisitive Crime Unit said there had been an increase in the past year of rural crimes in Scotland being committed by criminals from south of the border linked to organised crime. She added, Operation Hawkeye, a cross-border rural crime initiative which sees Police Scotland, Northumbria, County Durham, Cumbria and now Cleveland forces share information and intelligence has been some has had seen some excellent results in identifying and apprehending these individuals. Through our 15 local parks, Partnership Against Rural Crime, we have also encouraged the public to report crime and suspicious incidents in rural communities, which helps build up a picture as to where the majority of crime is being committed, allowing proactive policing in these areas. The UK cost of agricultural vehicle theft reported to the NFU remained at over £9 million last year. Award for Diversified Farming in Scotland Following the success of the inaugural award in 2021, AgriScot, in partnership with SAC Consulting, has launched its Diversified Farm of the Year 2022 award. The competition, which is open to any Scottish farm, looks to celebrate businesses which have invested in time and resource to develop an additional income stream alongside day-to-day farming practices. Judges are keen to see a wide range of applicants come forward who can demonstrate excellent customer service, collaboration, support for their community and a willingness to adapt to the changing landscape. The 2021 award was won by Louise and Graham Nicholl from Newton Farm Holidays and Tours in Angus, who offered four-star holiday accommodation and farm experiences, including alpaca walking. Sasha Grierson from SAC Consulting said, Whether your business is operating a meat box scheme, farm shop, vending machines, holiday cottages, wellness retreat, cookery school or clothing and textile business, they all contribute to Scotland's economy. Winners and finalists will receive widespread recognition, offering the opportunity of new customers, increased sales and a chance to celebrate all that they have achieved. Robert Neal, AgriScot chairman, added, With increased cost in agriculture and a strong desire for many to return to the family farm, diversification is crucial within the agricultural sector. It brings with it opportunities to expand, create new income and connect directly with our consumers. Applications close on Monday, September 19th at www.agriscot.co.uk Be aware of blue-green algae dangers. 
Many pet owners will be enjoying scenic summer walks with their pooch, but there is bacteria lurking in our waterways which could seriously harm their beloved dogs. Blue-green algae often appears as green or bluish scum, but sometimes has a brown tinge and it's seen on the water surface. It can sometimes clump up and the blooms can create foam on the shoreline. There's no way of telling if algae is toxic just by looking at it, and some types of blue-green algae are only dangerous at certain times of the year. However, the advice is always to be cautious and don't take any risks around it. PDSA vet nurse (laughs) Nina Downing said, Blue-green algae can grow in all aquatic environments, but it's most prevalent in still or stagnant water during summer. This particular type of bacteria is highly poisonous to animals and can sadly be fatal or result in long-term health problems for those that survive. Dogs are particularly at risk as they are more likely to drink from ponds while out on a walk or groom themselves after swimming in affected water. However, the more aware we are of the potential dangers, the better we can protect our four-legged friends. Be vigilant when walking your dog near any form of water, and if it looks bright green, avoid it at all costs. Never let your pooch drink from a pond or lake with dead fish or animals, as the water could be dangerously toxic and make your pet extremely ill. Your local council will put up signposts in areas regularly affected by blue-green algae, so make sure you scan the surroundings for any indication of danger before letting your dog go for a swim. Step Out to Help Leukaemia Care by Julie Curry People across the country are being invited to sign up to the Leukaemia Care Step Out Challenge in September. The aim is to move as far as you can between September 1st and 30th and raise as much money as you can. There's no minimum limit. You can walk, run or cycle and set whatever distance you want to. Once signed up, all you need to do is ask friends and family to sponsor whatever they can. Zach Pemberton-Whiteley, Leukemia Care Chief Executive, said, quote, The challenge is free to sign up to and people can raise anything they can. Every penny raised will make a difference to those living with a leukemia, MDS or MPN diagnosis, end quote. Leukemia Care has also revealed its eco-friendly medal, which will be given to anyone who reaches the £50 milestone. There is also a fabulous new t-shirt for the 2022 event for anyone who raises over £100, while those who raise £250 or more will receive a £20 gift card for the Leukemia Care online shop. Leukemia Care has also introduced two fantastic overall trophies, one for the fundraiser that raises the most and another for the person who covers the most distance during the challenge. Sign up to step out at https slash stepout.givepenny.com and then join the Facebook community to get motivated. Ahead of Blood Cancer Awareness Month later this year, the charity is also keen to share the six most common symptoms of leukemia. Leukemia can be hard to spot because the signs and symptoms are common to other unrelated illnesses. Knowing what to look out for could help you make the decision to visit your GP sooner for a blood test. There are four main types of leukemia that differ by the rate of cancer progression, acute or chronic, and the type of blood stem cell affected, myeloid or lymphoid. 
Certain leukemia types are more common at different ages. This means the symptoms most frequently experienced by people of different ages can vary. However, the six most common symptoms are fatigue, shortness of breath, fever or night sweats, bruising or bleeding, bone or joint pain, and repeated infections. To find out more, visit www.leukemiacare.org.uk. Article by Julie Curry. HMRC Marriage Allowance Reminder. At the height of the wedding season, HM Revenue and Customs is reminding married couples and civil partners to put extra cash at the top of their gift list. Marriage allowance allows married couples or people in civil partnerships, including those who have been together for many years, to share their personal tax allowances if one partner earns below the personal allowance threshold of £12,570 and the other is a basic rate taxpayer. Eligible couples can transfer 10% of their tax-free allowance to their partner, which is £1,260 in 2022-23. It means couples can reduce the tax they pay by up to £252 a year. They can apply any time and, if eligible, could backdate their claims up to four previous tax years to receive up to £1,242. It is free to apply for and customers are reminded to claim directly via HMRC's online portal. Visit gov.uk to find out how to apply. District News General Scotland Bites and Stings NHS 24 is offering advice on how to treat bites and stings as part of their summer health campaign, Hello Summer. Dr Laura Ryan, a GP and NHS's 24th Medical Director said, Insect bites and stings are common and usually only cause minor irritation such as minor pain, itching or swelling. These normally resolve themselves, and your local pharmacist will be happy to provide advice on antihistamines or creams which can help with the symptoms. Rarely, some stings can trigger a serious allergic reaction. If you feel it is an emergency, then dial 999. Dr Laura Ryan continued, As Lyme disease is on the rise in Scotland, we also wish to draw particular attention to tick bites. Lyme disease is a bacterial infection spread to humans by infected ticks. It is usually mild, but can be serious if not treated. It is important to be vigilant for ticks when you have been out walking in the areas such as woods or fields. If you find you have a tick bite, remove it safely by using a tick removal tool, such as a tick twister or tick card. If these aren't available, you can use a pair of fine toothed tweezers. Afterwards, wash your skin with soap and apply antiseptic cream around the bite. There is no need to consult your GP if you have been bitten and have no symptoms. However, if a rash or any flu-like symptoms appear, it is important to take pictures of the site and contact your GP for an appointment straight away. NHS Informs Guide on Bites and Stings can be found online at www.nhsinform.scot.com illnesses hyphen and hyphen conditions slash injuries slash skin hyphen injuries slash insect hyphen bites hyphen and hyphen stings SPCA The Scottish SPCA is appealing to the public to consider opening their hearts and homes to an animal in need 
by signing up to become a foster carer for the charity. Fostering was initially piloted by the society during the first lockdown in March 2020, when animals were unable to be rehomed. The scheme proved so successful that it was trialled on a larger scale at the Scottish SPCA's Dunbartonshire Animal Rescue and Rehoming Centre in December 2021. Now, the fostering scheme has rolled out across the west of Scotland, and the charity is looking for even more loving foster families to care for the animals from their Glasgow, Ayrshire, Lanarkshire and Dumbartonshire centres. More details on how to apply are online. RNIB Blind and partially sighted readers can now have their favourite work read to them just by voicing the wish. Any title from the vast talking books library run by the National Sight Loss Charity, RNIB, can now be accessed with a simple command to Alexa, the virtual assistant device provided by Amazon. Users simply speak a command and Alexa searches online and plays whatever is requested, such as an audiobook, music track or podcast, from source. RNIB has worked with Amazon to develop a skill and launch an RNIB talking book skill equivalent to an app. Users simply download this and act to access any of the 37,500 titles in RNIB's audio library and have it read to them by simply saying, Alexa, open RNIB talking books, and then choosing a title. RNIB, the Royal National Institute of Blind People, has long adopted emerging technology to the needs of those with sight loss. Its talking books library, the largest in Europe, began with Agatha Christie's The Murder of Roger Ackroyd in 1935, recorded in a set of large, long-playing records. From analogue to digital, RNIB evolved the technology through the tape reels, cassettes, CDs, memory sticks, downloads, and now simple voice commands to Alexa. It could now hardly be easier to access your favourite title, says James Adams, director of RNIB Scotland. Voice-activated technology like this helps blind and partially sighted people to enjoy reading it just as much as sighted people. RNIB talking books are sent out free of charge to anyone who is blind or partially sighted. Funding by voluntary donations, RNIB's library service sends out up to 5,000 books per day and lent more than 1.2 million titles last year on digital downloads, CD, USB and Braille books. Scam warning. Households still waiting to get the first half of the government's £650 cost of living payment are being warned to be aware of scammers. Millions of claimants on universal credit and other benefits started receiving the first £326 instalment last month to help with the cost of living. But the Department for Work and Pensions, DWP, has said some payments may be delayed. Most households will have been paid the cash between July 14th and 31st, but those who are yet to receive it should be aware of fraudsters asking them to apply for it. The DWP advises all eligible households that are still waiting for the £326 to contact the office that pays their benefits. If you have still not received this money, do not fall for scammers asking you to apply for it as the payment will be issued automatically. The DWP has said crooks may try to trick people into applying for the £326 payments, allowing scammers to get hold of bank details and other personal information.
A warning issued in the government website reads, You do not need to apply. You'll be paid automatically. If you have had a message asking you to, to apply or contact someone about the payment, this might be a scam. Barcoded Stamps Birthday Greeting Royal Mail has launched a new video that enables recipients of mail featuring a barcoded stamp to receive birthday wishes from Sean the Sheep and his friends. To choose and view the video, both the sender and recipient will have to download the Royal Mail app. The sender can select a happy birthday video for the recipient to watch just by scanning the stamp barcode, giving that someone, spe- someone special something extra to smile about. The video was created exclusively for Royal Mail by the multi-award winning British animation studio, Ardman, and is the third in a series released by Royal Mail, with more to follow during the year. The happy birthday video sees Sean and the flock create mischief behind the farmer's back by sending him a card that he mistakenly thinks is musical. See photo competition. Photographers across the UK have less than a month to enter their best images of the sea in an annual photography competition run by National Maritime Charity, the Shipwrecks Mariner Society. The competition, which closes on Monday, August 29th, encourages photographers of all abilities to submit images that capture the UK's unique relationship with the sea, including its merchant ships, fishermen, coasts, harbours and ports. In celebrations of the competition's 10th year, the Society is encouraging individuals to go out and capture new views from the UK's coastal communities this year, with the overall winner receiving a £500 photographic equipment voucher. To enter, go to shipwreckedmariners.org.uk slash photography-competition-2022. Royal Mint's new Disney 50p The Royal Mint has issued a new Disney-themed 50p coin featuring Kanga and Rue from the Winnie the Pooh series. The new coin is part of a range developed featuring beloved characters from A.A. Milne's books, first published in 1926. The Winnie the Pooh collection was launched to mark 100 years since the birth of the real Christopher Robin. Robin was the son of A.A. Milne, who wrote the books. The Kanga and Rue 50p is the penultimate release in, cle- in the collection, with only one left to come before the range of nine coins is complete. The Disney coins are uncirculated commemorative coins, so they must be bought from the Royal Mint. See www.royalmint.com Music Mentoring opportunity for musicians New mentorship scheme The Orchestra of the Hout Royal Opera House has launched a groundbreaking pilot programme for young musicians from underrepresented backgrounds. The scheme will provide essential mentoring tailored to the participants' individual needs, while enhancing skill sets, insight and training in the classical music field. The project has been delivered in collaboration with Black Lives in Music, an organisation established to champion diversity in the classical music industry. Royal Opera House Music Director Tony Papano said, Working in any orchestra is a hugely collegiate experience, and we believe it's vital to assist and mentor young talent. Gaining access to organisations at the start of your career can feel daunting and overwhelming and we want to support, 
mentor and positively shape these very first experiences in a professional environment. This new pilot scheme will welcome young, diverse talent, helping them feel like they belong. Amelia Conway-Jones, first violin in the orchestra of the Royal Opera House, said, I'm so thrilled and proud that the or- orchestra are championing opportunities for musicians from diverse backgrounds through this scheme. Our artistic voice will be hugely enriched by the inclusion of musical voices from diverse backgrounds. As part of the orchestra's diversity working group, I'm really excited to work with the mentees on their journey into the profession. 13 musicians from the Royal Opera House Orchestra will mentor participants in a range of orchestral instruments. Recruitment for the scheme will be a simple process, reducing barriers to entry and rethinking the application process so that it breaks with traditional norms and enables those interested to apply in the most accessible way possible. Participants will be invited to give feedback throughout their experience to measure the impact of the scheme, with the aim of making the scheme a permanent programme attached to each Royal Opera House season. The Orchestra of the Royal Opera House Mentor Scheme joins other programmes run by RAOH, which provide entry-level pathways into the arts industry for young talent at the start of their careers. For more information, go to www.roh.org.uk. Planning Notices Eastern Bartonshire Council Public Notices The Eastern Bartonshire Council Woodland Avenue, Kirkintilloch Temporary Closure Order 2022 On the 9th of August 2022, the Eastern Bartonshire Council made the above order under Section 14 Brackets 1 of the Road Traffic Regulation Act 1984 as amended which makes it unlawful for any person to drive or cause or permit to be driven any motor vehicle, brackets with the exception of vehicles engaged in the works, or those vehicles requiring access to properties adjacent to the closed section of road, when it is safe and practical to do so, on Woodland Avenue, Kirkintilloch, between its junctions with Beaufort Drive, and Fraser Gardens, by reason of works being executed on or near this road. The order will operate from 8am on Monday the 22nd of August until 6pm on Sunday the 11th of September 2022. Alternative route. The alternative routes will be way of Woodland Avenue, Roman Road and Beaufort Drive, Kirkintilloch and these routes will be signposted. SGD, Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, Eastern Bartonshire Council Headquarters, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G66 1TJ. The Eastern Bartonshire Council, West Balgrocken Road, Torrance, Temporary Closure, Order 2022 On the 9th of August 2022, the Eastern Bartonshire Council made the above-named order under Section 14, Brackets 1, of the Road Traffic Regulation Act 1984, as amended. 
which makes it unlawful for any person to drive or cause or permit to be driven any motor vehicle, with the exception of emergency service vehicles, vehicles engaged in the works, and those vehicles requiring access to properties adjacent to the closed section of road when it is safe and practical to do so. On West Balgrocken Road, Torrance, between its junctions with the B822 Main Street slash Campsie Road and Ward End Road, by reason of works being executed on or near this road. This order will operate from 6am on Sunday the 21st of August 2022 until 6pm on Sunday the 28th of August 2022. Alternative route. Alternative routes for vehicles are by way of the B822 Main Street, the A807 Balmore Road, Tower Road and Barriston Road, and West Balgrocken Road, Torrance, and these routes will be signposted. SGD, Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, Eastern Martinshire Council Headquarters, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintalloch, G66 1TJ. The Eastern Martinshire Council, Clacken of Campsie, proposed prohibition of driving restriction except for buses and waiting and loading restrictions. Eastern Bartonshire Council proposed to introduce a prohibition of driving restriction except for buses and waiting and loading restrictions on roads within and around the bus turning facility, as described in the attached schedules. Full details of this proposal, which forms the proposed the Eastern Bartonshire Council, bracket, Clacken of Campsie, prohibition of driving restriction except for buses and waiting and loading restrictions. Order, together with a plan and statement of reasons for proposing to make this order, are available for inspection without payment of fee in the roads section of the Eastern Bartonshire Council website. Telephone inquiries to 0300 4510. Again, that's 0300-123-4510. Any person wishing to object to the proposal should send details of the grounds of objection in writing to Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintalloch, G661TJ, or by emailing Legal services at eastdumbarton.gov.uk. Again, that's legal, L E G A L, services, S E R V I C E S, at eastdumbarton, which is E A S T D U N B A R T O N.gov.uk. By Monday, the 12th of September, 2022. Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, Eastern Bartonshire Council Headquarters, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintalloch, G66 1TJ. The Eastern Bartonshire Council, B819 Cross Hill Road, Bishop Briggs. Proposed extension of 40 mph speed limit. 
East Merthyrshire Council proposed to consider the introduction of a 40 mph limit extension on the B819 Cross Hill Road Bishop Ricks, the length of which is described in the schedule below. Full details of this proposal, which forms the proposed the Eastern Martinshire Council B819 Crosshill Road Bishop Briggs extension of 40 miles per hour speed limit order, together with a plan and statement of reason for proposing to make this order, are available for inspection without payment of fee in the roads section of the Eastern Martinshire Council website. Telephone inquiries to 0300-123-4510. Any person wishing to object to the proposal should send details of the grounds of the objection in writing to Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G661TJ, or by email to legalservices at eastonbarton.gov.uk by Monday the 12th of September 2022. Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Eastern Bartonshire Council Headquarters, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G661 TJ. Schedule 40 mph speed limit. Length of road in Eastern Bartonshire within Bishop Ricks. That length of the B819 Crosshill Road, Bishop Ricks, which extends from a point 18 metres or thereby north of the extended North Kerb Line of the vehicular access to Bishop Riggs Golf Range south eastwards for a distance of 700 metres, or thereby to a point 100 metres, or thereby north of the existing North Kerb Line of the vehicular access to Bear Hill Farm. The Eastern Bartonshire Council, South Crosshill Road, Bishop Riggs, proposed no waiting at any time restrictions and amendments. Eastern Bartonshire Council proposed to consider the introduction of a traffic regulation order, introducing no waiting at any time restrictions on South Crosshill Road, Bishop Briggs, for the extended east curb line of the A803 Kirkintilloch Road eastwards for a distance of 305 metres or thereby to a point 61 metres or thereby west of the extended west curb line of Cleddon's Court and amend an existing order as required. Full details of this proposal, which forms the proposed the Eastern Martinshire Council, South Crosshill Road Bishop Riggs, no waiting at any time restrictions and amendments order, together with a plan and statement of reason for proposing to make this order, are available for inspection without payment of fee in the road section of the Eastern Martinshire Council website. Telephone inquiries to 0300-123-4510. Any person wishing to object to the proposal should send details of the grounds of the objection in writing to Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G661TG, or by emailing legalservices at Barton. .gov.uk by Monday the 12th of September 2022. Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal Services, Eastern Martinshire Council Headquarters, 
12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G66 1TJ. Patience is the key to victory. An article written by Brian Yule. It was Kirkintilloch versus Springburn on Saturday, as Rob Roy welcomed Peters Hill to Guy Meadow in the West of Scotland League Premier Division. A minute's silence was held before kickoff in memory of former Rob Roy player Tommy Craig. However, once the action got underway, there was plenty for the home fans to shout about as Rob Roy won 2-0 courtesy of second-half goals from substitute Ben Daly and Michael Baber. Rob Roy manager Stuart Maxwell was delighted to see his side take their chances following up on a 0-0 draw at Hurlford. He said, quote, I thought we played really well at Hurlford, and I was delighted by the performance, but perhaps just lacking a cutting edge. It was a similar story in the first half against Peters Hill, but sometimes you just have to be patient. Their keeper was outstanding, but eventually we got the first goal, and then the second followed soon after. This is a really competitive league, so I'm pleased to have the first three points on the board. The Rob Roy squad has been boosted with the signing of former Broomhill right back Jordan Duncan. Maxwell said, Jordan played in the Lowland League, so we think he'll be able to offer us something when he gets his chance. The squad is looking strong, so those who have the jersey know they have to play well to keep them. Next up for Rob Roy on Saturday is a trip to Largs Thistle, while Peters Hill entertain Beef. In the first home game of the second 10-man, Rossvale went down 5-1 to Schott's Bonn Accord in the First Division. Shots were 2-0 up at half-time before Luke Creerand pulled one back on 53 minutes. The visitors added another two before Walsh was shown a red card eight minutes from time, and Schotts grabbed number five from the penalty spot. Meanwhile, in the fourth division, Rosvale Academy ran out 2-0 winners away to Harmony Row. Next up for Rosvale is a trip to Neilston on Saturday, while Academy host St Peter's. West Park United were also in action in the 4th Division as they hosted Glenvale. First half goals from Jamie Dodsworth, who had only just arrived at the club on the day of the game, and Jordan Thompson gave United a 2-0 lead at half-time. However, Glenville fought back to equalise, but then had a man sent off and a last-minute penalty from Ross Donoghue secured the points for the home team. Next up, West Park travelled to Campbelldown Pupils on Saturday. Ashfield bounced back from defeat to Craig Mark Burnstonians in their opening second division to run out 7-1 winners at Muir Kirk. Burns opened the scoring and there were braces for Black, Young and Sheridan. Next up, the host Mabel on Saturday. Glasgow Pershire were also in action, the second division, going down to 10 men in a 3-0 loss at home to Yoker Athletic. 
Next up on Saturday is another home game, this time hosting Greenock Juniors. That article written by Brian Yule. Another exciting evening of track action at Racewall. It was a blustery evening at the Cowbeth Racewall on Saturday evening, but on a dry track, this didn't prevent some exciting racing action. There was plenty of exciting racing with a close finish to the Pro Stock Basics and the Classic Hot Rod Finals. Cami Doak from Lanark and his ORCI stock rod finished in 5th and 6th, in the 1st and 2nd heat respectively, as Sean Naismith dominated to win both, which moved him from the yellow grade to the blue for the final meeting. That didn't seem to deter him much, and he also went on to win the final ahead of David Phil Jr., Leon Stewart and Doak. Alongside those in the ORCI mini stocks were Madison Gilmore from Colsyth, Robbie Scott from Lindsay, Caden Abernethy from Lanark, and Bailey Miller from Colburn. The opening heat was won by Scott from Robbie Armit, with Miller in fourth, Gilmore in fifth, and Abernethy not classified. Scott again led Armit home at the end of Heat 2, with Gilmore bringing her car home in 4th, Miller in 6th, and again Abernathy failed to finish. Scott was soon leading the final started, but then there were three race suspensions within as many laps, which closed up the field. When the race restarted, Armit was the leader and he went through to win from Rachel Kidd and Bobby Brandon, with Gilmore in 7th place. Becca Borthwick from Gilsyth was racing in her Pro Stock Basic, and there was some close and fast racing. In Heat 1, David Rennie was awarded the win, although he was chased all the way to the checkered flag by Aidan Galloway. But... Borthwick had to retire after a spin. Galloway then went on to win the second heat, with Borthwick finishing in third place. Their final was for their Turner Trophy with Martin Duncan leading, but he had Galloway in close order, and they stayed like that for a good part, before it came a four-way dice for the win. Joanne Hilditch took to the outside line to win from Duncan, with Borthwick finishing in third place. Kenny Purdy from Carluke and Graham Callender from Lindsay were in action in the classic hot rods. Heat 1 saw Purdy win from Callender, with the result being repeated in the second. Scott Jones then took his Anglia through to win the final from Purdy and Callender. James Russell from Carluke and Reese Walker from Carmichael drove in the Micro F2. In the opening heat, Jaden Barry won with Russell in 6th, and Oakley Grief won Heat 2 with Walker 7th and Russell in 10th. Evie McLean then won the final from Grief, with Russell in 6th and Walker in 9th. This Saturday, the saloons return along with the ORCI stock rods 
mini stocks and the micro F2 drivers, racing for their Turner trophies. Liam Rennie from Colsythe will be racing his Formula 2 at Buxton in the World Championship semi-finals, where he starts from row 3 in the first semi-final. Graham Leckie from Motherwell is one of the reserves. A Warrior Spirit to Break the Cycle An article written by Brian Yule a team of former Scotland internationals and Glasgow Warriors rugby stars will be donning Lycra next month as they take on the Break the Cycle Challenge for homelessness charity Social Bite. The team, led by ex-Scotland captain Al Kellock and including the likes of Gregor Townsend, Sean Longstaff, Ryan Grant and Glasgow Warriors staff, will be pedalling 60 miles on September 4th from Scotson Stadium through to BT Murrayfield in Edinburgh. They'll be joined on the day by Olympic legend Sir Chris Hoy, actress Aileen C. Smith and an estimated 1,000 fellow fundraising cyclists who will take on either the 60, 20 or 3 mile routes with the aim of raising £1 million to fund vital projects to end homelessness. The Warriors team is called Team Tom Smith in memory of the former Scotland international, who died from cancer earlier this year. 10% of all fundraising will be donated to a trust that has been set up by the Scottish rugby community, in aid of Tom's family. As well as the physical event, the Break the Cycle campaign is also open to all through virtual challenges with individuals, workplace teams and schools all encouraged to take their own challenges to raise money to end homelessness. There's something for all the family, as well with the shorter cycling routes on offer and a host of live performances and food and drink vendors at the finish line within BT Murrayfield. Kellogg from Bishop Briggs, who is Glasgow Warriors Managing Director, said, I'm so proud that, as a club, we're able to support Social Bites' incredible work and play a small part in helping to break the cycle of homelessness, while also helping to support Tom Smith's family after the incredibly tough time they've been through. I would encourage Scottish rugby fans to join me in setting off from Scotston, all the way to BT Murrayfield, and help us raise as much as possible. It's been a wee while since some of us in the team have trained like we did when we were playing, so we'll be very grateful for the support. To find out more, sign up or donate, visit www.breakthecycle.co.uk That's B-R-E-A-K-T-H-E-C-Y-C-L-E .co.uk That article written by Brian Yule American Defender Signs for Glasgow Glasgow City announced the signing of American defender Erin Greening ahead of their Scottish Women's Premier League 1 opener against Spartans. The 25-year-old joins the club having previously spent time at Norwegian side Kleppel and NWSL side Orlando Pride. She scored her first professional goal for the American side in 2019 against Portland before moving to Norway in 2021. 
The fullback was also part of the University of Colorado team that broke their record for the most clean sheets in a season. Grinning said, I am so excited to sign with Glasgow City and look forward to getting on the pitch with my teammates and working with the staff this season. I'm really grateful for this opportunity and can't wait to get started. Glasgow City boss Aileen Gleeson added, I'm delighted to welcome Erin to Glasgow City. Our vision was clear in terms of which positions we needed to improve on and feel that by signing Erin we have added quality and experience to the squad. Glasgow beat Spartans 7-0 on Sunday to start the campaign with all three points. Aileen Gleeson handed out three debuts with Amy Muir, Kinga Kozak and Michaela Moore all starting for the first time. Claire Shine grabbed a hat-trick and also had one disallowed, with Claire Walsh, Lauren Davidson, Kozak and Abby Grant also on the score sheet. Glasgow City are next in action this Sunday when they travel to face Motherwell. Basso brilliant as Tigers beat the Broomies. Brilliant Benjamin Basso went through the card as Glasgow Tigers completed their home league fixtures unbeaten. Birmingham were visitors to Ashfield on Friday in the SGB Championship fixtures. Basso won six races out of six as the home side took a comfortable 56-34 win. Both sides were depleted by injury with number one Craig Cook and captain Ulrich Ostergaard missing from the Tigers, while the Brummies had just two of their regular riders. Paul Stark stepped in as a guest for Ostergaard, with rider replacement for Cook. But it was Basso who stole the show as he battled past Birmingham Riders on several occasions in an imperious performance. Boss Cammy Brown said, I'm delighted that we have finished our programmed home league fixtures without defeat. We've been building real momentum at home and that has continued. Ben Basso put in an amazing performance. He's a real showman and we saw more of that. I also thought... The reserves, Connor Bailey and Brock Nickel, rode very well, and Paul Stark did a decent job for Ulrich. We've now got two more away matches to finish for league fixtures, and focus now turns to getting something from those and trying to get second spot. Next up is a trip to Redcar on August 21st, followed by Plymouth on August 23rd. A top two finish would put Glasgow straight into the SGB Championship playoff semi-finals. Meanwhile, the next meeting at Ashfield is the Grand Prix Challenge on Saturday, August 20th. Katie stunned by second medal. An article written by John Ball and read by myself, Corey. All that glitters is bronze for Katie Shanahan as she won her second at the Commonwealth Games. The Bishop Riggs swimmer finished third behind Australia's Kaylee McKean and Canada's Kaylee Mason in the women's 200m backstroke at Sandwell Aquatic Centre. 
This left the 18-year-old struggling to comprehend her achievement, having previously won bronze in the women's 400m individual medley. Shanahan, who clocked a time of 2.9.22, said, quote, I can't believe I've just done that. To come away with a bronze medal with the likes of Kaylee and Kylie as the champions, it's absolutely amazing. I can't actually believe it. I came into this meet just hoping to make a few finals and have a bit of fun. So to come away with two bronze medals, I can't ask for much more than that. The atmosphere we have in the team area is amazing. The vibes are just contagious. It's just positive. There's no negativity at all. I think that is a reason I swam so well. The team is just all behind me. And it doesn't matter if anyone has a good summer or a bad summer. Everyone is really behind them. Knowing that they're all behind me makes me swim much faster for them. But I didn't think I would get a medal. The three girls in front of me were really fast. I wasn't putting any pressure on myself to come away with a medal. I'm really happy and that's given me so much confidence going forward. I'm at Europeans at the end of this month, so to come away with two bronze medals is perfect. It's setting me in good stead for my senior career as well. Transitioning from junior to senior isn't always easy. Mike Whittingham, director of high performance at Sports Scotland, said, Katie Shanahan performed extraordinarily well in these games. A medal at this level of sport is a hugely significant achievement, and the whole country is so proud of what she has achieved. National lottery players raise more than £30 million a week for good causes including vital funding and to sport from grassroots to elite. Find out how your numbers make the amazing happen at lotterygoodcauses.org.uk That's L-O-T-T-E-R-Y G-O-O-D-C-A-U-S-E-S dot org dot UK and get involved by using the hashtag hashtag TNL Athletes that's hash capital T capital N capital L capital A T-H-L-E-T-E-S that article written by John Ball and read by me, Corey Challenge is more rewarding. Registration will open for this year's Radio Clyde Cash for Kids Sports Challenge on August 22nd with some exciting changes for 2022. The changes will see local sports clubs and teams fundraising as much as they can over a three-week period. The money raised can be used to subsidise membership fees, provide equipment, improve facilities, or provide additional training to help children and young people from low-income backgrounds or those who have additional needs to be supported to take part in sports. As well as the funds they raise, participants could win additional funding by being one of our top three fundraisers. Last year's winners raised over £5,000 for their club and got an extra £3,000 from Cash for Kids. But this time it is upping the ante, and giving away bigger prizes with £5,000 for first prize, £2,500 for second prize, 
and £1,500 for third prize, with more additional cash prizes to be won. Registration is open from August 22nd to September 11th, and local groups are urged to pre-register their interest to receive a briefing, tools and tips from the Cash for Kids team to help with their fundraising. The challenge itself will then run from September 19th to October 6th, with participants receiving a weekly update of their current total. The results will be announced and grants paid on October 10th. For more information, visit www.planetradio.co.uk forward slash west sound hyphen fm forward slash charity forward slash events forward slash cash hyphen for hyphen kids hyphen sports hyphen challenge hyphen 2022 Thank you for listening to this week's Kirk and Tillich Herald podcast brought to you by Q&Review Review Print Speaking to the Blind If you have any feedback you're welcome to call us on 0141 772 3976 If you enjoyed this recording feel free to subscribe to our channel 